Hello and welcome to the FM Global Resilience is a Choice podcast. I'm Steve McGrath. Now I realize there's a pandemic underway, but have you thought about the climate recently? Even if the headlines aren't mentioning it, the financial impact of a changing climate on your business can be severe and long-lasting. Now while it's hard to link any single weather event or natural disaster to long-term climate trends, we do know that the planet's temperature and sea levels in many cases are rising. Some wet areas are getting a lot wetter and other areas are becoming absolute tinderboxes. With us today to explore the financial risk of our changing climate is Katherine Klozowski. She's Vice President and General Manager of Natural Hazards and Structures for FM Global. Good morning, Katherine. How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. Let's get right into it. So from the 35,000 foot level, the prospect of a warmer world is pretty overwhelming to a lot of people. If I run a global company, what specifically should I be worried about? Well, the reality is there's no area of the world that is immune to natural hazard events. You know, whether you're talking about earthquakes in Italy or in Mexico or in California, you could have hurricanes on the east coast of the U.S. or typhoons in Vietnam and Thailand and China. And the thing that businesses need to keep in mind, especially multinational organizations, is that not only may they have one of their locations, one of their business units in an area that's prone to these events, they might also have a location from one of their suppliers. So it impacts their global supply chain, even if it doesn't impact them directly. Mm -hmm. Now, these things have been happening for centuries. So some of this is not new. What the climate scientists are saying, though, and what we're seeing in the trends is that there's an uptick in the frequency of a lot of these events, combined with the fact that there's more and more development into vulnerable areas. So there's more development into areas that are flood prone. There's more development into the interface between urban areas and woodland areas. And so when these events happen, they're happening to populated areas where there are businesses and residences. And that's part of the reason that we're hearing about them in the news so much more often. Interesting. So how could these events hurt my business over the long term? Yeah, great question. So when an event happens, the business needs to focus on recovery. So talk about that example that you just put out there with the flash flood. Water comes in, water recedes, but everything is wet and the water brings a ton of silt and other chemicals and trash and sewage into your facility. So even though the water might recede pretty quickly, there's a heck of a lot of cleanup that needs to take place. And of course, if any electrical equipment has been wet or any sensitive equipment, production equipment, computers, controllers have been wet, chances are they're going to need to be replaced. And that takes time. And when these events happen over a wide area, it means that the contractors or those that you would rely on to do some of the repairs or some of the cleanup are flat out helping everyone else that's been flooded. Now, expand that out. Once you get over the, the damage that's been caused, think about the longer term implications of that in terms of were you still able to meet your customer demands during that downtime? And if not, your customers might get a little bit skittish about that and start looking for some other suppliers. So there can be some long-term ramifications to a business from their the reputational harm or from the actual loss of business due to these events. Yeah, that market share, you might never get it back, right? Exactly, exactly. And of course, when a business is focused on recovery, 
It means they have to shift gears and they're no longer thinking about their strategic mission. They're focused just on getting back to where they were before. So to what extent are businesses seeing climate-related losses today? Or is this more of a concern for the somewhat distant future? They need to think about it now. These events have been happening for centuries and they will continue to happen. It's part of the natural phenomenon of, of living on planet Earth. And the weather trends that we're seeing now, the one that concerns me the most is the trend around rainfall. In some areas, we're seeing very extreme precipitation events. And in other areas, we're seeing drought-like conditions, very arid conditions. Kind of runs at both ends of that water scale, flood in some areas, drought and wildfires in another. So how prepared would you say most executives are for climate risk by and large? FM Global did a study recently and it showed that 77% of executives, CEOs and CFOs recognize that they are not fully prepared which I find a little bit shocking. On the flip side of this, my personal experience working with some FM Global clients has that I recognize there are some organizations out there that are extremely well prepared. Um, One organization who has a chain of retail stores who say that they want to be the last retail store to close when a hurricane is coming and the first one to reopen again or the chain of cinemas that says the show must go on. And so they've secured their facility to make sure that regardless of what the weather may throw at them, they know that they can be back in business. FM Global also has a client with a bunch of hospitals and their motto is that they want to make sure that they can stay operating during a flood event or a hurricane event. So taking it even further than the retail store is going to close down and reopen, this hospital chain wants to make sure they can stay open. So while there are some organizations that are admittedly not well prepared, others at the flip end of that scale that are extremely well prepared. And here's where I start thinking, okay, so after an event, you're going to have some winners and you're going to have some losers. And preparation is the key that separates them. Very, very interesting. And of course, with the hospitals, resilience and loss prevention actually become life or death, right? Literally. Yeah. And the hospital wants to be there to be able to serve the poor and the vulnerable within their community. They need to have power. They need to have oxygen. They need to have all of those life support systems being in operation in the middle of this climate um, disaster that is unfolding around them. So it takes a lot of preparation to fortify their facilities to do that, but it's certainly possible to do it. And they have. Very nice. So nonetheless, there are executives in the world who are very busy. They're very diligently thinking about the pandemic and managing a global response to that. And if I'm an executive and I'm sold by what you're saying, and I certainly am, why is it important to do this right now? Can I put this off a little bit until the pandemic passes? How would you advise me on that? Well, the reality is when a flood event, a hurricane, or a wildfire hits, it is chaotic. You don't have time to plan or to prepare when it hits. It is completely chaotic. And that's the nature of preparation. To get ready now where there's time, where there's a bit of energy, if the the executive team is too busy dealing with pandemic and business continuity associated with the pandemic, then this is a great task to delegate to others within the organization to start thinking about what do they have to do 
to prepare for a flood, a hurricane, a bad hailstorm, or a wildfire. So what are a couple easy first steps an executive can take? I break it down to three steps. Understand, plan, and fortify. So first, understand what the risk is. While I say that there's no area of the world that's immune to natural hazard um, events, not every event happens in every locale. So work with your insurance carrier or your FM Global Field Engineer to understand what the events are that might happen at your business's locations. The second is to plan. Once you understand what the event is, start planning for it. How you deal with a water event like a flood versus how you deal with a drought event or a wildfire are gonna be very different. But understand what you need to do and then make a plan for that. And the third is to fortify. Um, once you've got a plan, start thinking about the most vulnerable areas of your facility and the ones that give you the biggest revenue stream and protect those first. And just to give you a couple examples of some pretty straightforward things, there was a flood recently and it was a manufacturing location, but they knew that if a flood came, the water was gonna be 28 inches high in the facility if they couldn't keep it out. And despite their attempts to try and keep it out, they couldn't. But because they knew that the water would cause a lot of damage to certain machinery, they made sure that they elevated that equipment above the 28 inch level off the floor. And they also did something that I thought was incredibly clever. They knew that they needed their spare parts to be able to get back in business and repair anything that might be damaged right away. So they removed all the drawers from their spare part cabinets that were within 28 inches of the floor and they simply set them on top of the cabinets. It was high enough to keep them out of the flood water. So the flood water came in, the flood water receded. They were able to clean up and get back in business much, much quicker than they would have been able to do had they not taken some of those simple actions. I love that example because it's so simple. So it's not a case of this has to be my next mega five-year initiative. It's something I can do right away and presumably save a lot of money with. Exactly. Our businesses are taking those actions. Small steps can make a big difference. Terrific. Any final thoughts? You know, in this time of pandemic, one of the things that's really been on my mind is science and specifically Darwin and survival of the fittest. You know, and I think about how there are some species that adapt to changes happening in the world and the environment and others that end up going extinct. And I think that that same principle holds to businesses and organizations as well. So I'd love to leave the listeners with a thought around how is your business adapting to changing climate risk? Businesses and companies out there that are safeguarding their property, they're safeguarding their business continuity, they're safeguarding their supply chains. And some of them are so forward thinking that because they've done those first three things, they are now thinking about how to safeguard their workforce because they recognize that if a hurricane comes through and it blows the roofs off or knocks the power down at their employees' homes, that those employees are not gonna be able to come to work. So they're trying to now figure out how to safeguard their employees' communities. Okay, and if people want to learn more from FM Global, how can they do that, Catherine? I would suggest visiting fmglobal.com slash nathas. There's a wealth of information there from loss prevention data sheets to a natural hazard toolkit with information on emergency response teams, as well as natural hazard maps. 
Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really enlightening and I love all your anecdotes and analogies. Thank you, Steve. It's been great being here.